open your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're talking about slaying giants and inheriting our inheritance in the promised land. Has any of you guys been aware of uh, any attacks like since we started this book? Uh, I mean, I mean the giants that rear their heads up and you know, you don't have to show a show of hands, but I've been talking to several people who have shared, you know, this and this and this. And uh, Satan, and I say Satan, you understand. He's not omnipresent like God is. Probably he's got bigger fish to fry than you or me, but he's no doubt assigned some one of his henchmen to our case and who's plaguing us and will not go quietly. And by the way, when you defeat Satan in your life. It's only for a season. He's going to come back. You understand? At 62, I haven't won all my battles yet. and They just, they just keep sending bigger and better giants to deal with. You know, it's, that's all it is. And, but but I'm, 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 I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to inherit my inheritance is what Jesus Christ is. is you know, he's given us a promised land. <clears throat> Are there giants in it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doesn't surprise us. We'll, we'll win because our God is mighty. And uh, I, I'm glad that we read uh, in Psalms, you know, Egypt, biggest, baddest army. Not so big and not so bad God couldn't handle. Then they off in the wilderness. What happens? Sihon, Og, ain't nothing but a thang, nothing but a thang. Nothing but a ham sandwich. It's like ain't nothing I ain't seen before, God said. And he can deliver us also. And so I want to stop. So uh, my, uh, all that to say, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's Saturday night. I'm going to be praying all night. I'm welcome anyone else who wants to come along. Uh, I'm going to be starting at about 8, although I will say this. There's no real rules. Um, well, Adam, can, you know, I don't stay up all night and pray. Can I, like, bring a sleeping bag and a pillow in case I need to take a nap? Like I say, there are no rules. Well, can we have like, you know, worship time? Can we have some like, you know, time we can sing songs to the Lord? Well, there are no rules, okay? I just want to emphasize the fact there are no rules. Can I bring somebody like who doesn't come to church here who likes to pray? You say. <laughs> there are no rules. And uh, uh, well, what about can I just be, come along for a few hours and then go home and, you know, call it good? Hey, there are no rules. I'm just... I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek God's will for the next phase of the, a church life and my own personal and, and, and stuff. And we can pray together as a church family. And, like, if you want to come, we're here. If you, don't, if you can't come or you're busy or otherwise occupied, well, that's fine too, okay? I totally get it. Uh, but that's what my plan is Saturday, so now you, you, uh, you get it. Uh, okay, so we're in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh what a chapter. What a chapter. Let's, let's, it would be wise for us to seek God's blessing. Let's pray. Father, um, you know, really holy ground here. Take this opportunity to speak to our hearts. And Lord, deliver us. Uh, there be giants. Um, we have found that uh, our adversary, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, not at all ambivalent about our salvation, about our growth, about our in inheriting our inheritance. 
And Lord, we don't stand in our own strength. We're no match for him. But Lord, he's no match for you. And so we commit him to the giants in our life. And we commit our hearts to you, Lord, that you would speak to us and tell us the things that we need to know, that we need to get out of this chapter. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 6, verse 1 of the book of Deuteronomy. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it. We talked in the past about the difference between statutes, judgments, and commandments. We won't bring that up again here, but you're going to need these going into the promised land. Um, he wants to teach you that you might do them. You know, James says in the, in the same thing in the New Testament. We don't want to be hearers only. You know, it's like a man who looks at the mirror, uh, looks at his face in the mirror. He goes away and he forgets what he looks like. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you? It's never ha well, it happened once. I went to Marine Corps boot camp and I got my head shaved. And I forgot what I looked like for a second. I mean... You know, you look, you look in the mirror and you go, oh my goodness, and you get this funny shaped head or whatever. And you, but the next time you go in the mirror, I remember one time I was going by a mirror. You have to have a mirror, you've got to shave, right? You've got to make sure you... So they have mirrors in the bathroom and boot camp. They don't want to, it's not so you see how pretty you are, so when you shave you don't miss anything. But I went in the mirror one time and I went like, you know, go! Like, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting to see that reflection. I, I looked in the mirror and I forgot what manner of man I was. But that doesn't happen very often. I don't do that. Well, I do it every morning a little bit, but I don't actually, I just look and see what sleep did to me and push my face back into shape and I'm thinking like, oh, this is crazy. But, uh, but we don't forget what we look like. It's such a ridiculous idea that James holds it up. You mean you, you looked into the, the word, but you didn't do what it said? You know, that's like, that's like this crazy thing. It's like a person who looks in a mirror and they forget what they look like. Um, but we learn these things that we might do them. Not that we might know them, okay, that we might do them. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Live life my way. You'll have longevity and you'll have blessing. This is for you, it's for your sons, it's for your sons' sons. Um, uh, what about this fear of the Lord? Well, that's archaic. That's Old Testament. We don't fear the Lord anymore. Right? Oh, that's silly. Let me tell you what the fear of the Lord is, because I don't think we know it. I, if, you, if, you, if dad did his job right, you loved him and feared him. And I know I say dad and some people shudder. I get that. I totally understand that. But, if, but those of you who had dad and dad did a good job, and not perfect. I mean, who's a perfect father except our heavenly father? But I had a dad and he was, a, he was very stern and he was very loving. And I, I saw dad done pretty much correctly. Much of my, uh, what I learned, uh, I applied to, you know, being dad. I loved him and I feared him. Now, um, let's talk about the fear of the Lord. Psalm 34, and you can turn there or not. I got a few verses. Um, verse 9, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, 
but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, next few verses, he's going to say, this is what you need to know. This, I'm teaching you now what the fear of the Lord's all about. Because I would ask 20 people, I'd get 21 different ideas what the fear of the Lord is. Well, I don't care about your opinion or my opinion of what the fear of the Lord is. Let's look at what the Bible says. Hearken unto me. I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil. You mean fear of the Lord is departing from evil? That's what he's saying. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You know, in the New Testament, live peaceably with all men in so much that it lies in us. When the, con the conversation's gone sideways and the relationships are broken down, make sure it's on the other side. We're always ones with the olive branch. We seek peace. We pursue it. Relationships are vitally important. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The, earth. the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and he delivereth them out of all their troubles. So why should I fear the Lord? Because I'm going to depart from evil and because God's ear is going to be toward me. You don't go to heaven by being righteous. By being righteous, you obtain the Lord's blessing. I said many times in my life, I think he's been saying to me, give me a life that I can bless. I'm a loving Heavenly Father. I want to bless. I can't bless your evil. I can't bless your rebellion. I can't bless your sin. Give me a life that I can bless. I want to bless. I want to bless you. And fearing the Lord is departing from evil. It's keeping your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking guile, departing from evil, doing good, seeking peace and pursuing it. Now when I say that you might fear the Lord your God, you understand. Keep all the statutes. I'm I, evil. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing evil. Why? Choose to sin, choose to suffer. It's, Satan always wraps up this evil in this, in this wonderful bow and this gift wrapped and here it is it's wonderful and if it's so wonderful how come you always end up with a mouthful of gravel how come we always end up feeling horrible how come we always he, he never delivers on his promise not once not ever and by the way our God delights in giving and keeping promises okay fear the Lord keep his commandments his his statutes his commandments it's going to end up in prolonged life and a blessed life. Here, therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may go well with thee, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Does God want us to possess our lands that flow with milk and honey? What's this milk and honey idea? For now, blessing. That's, that's all I'm going to say, blessing. He promised Israel a land... And if you want to look at milk, what is that? Pasture lands, uh, flocks, herds, uh, you know, obtaining blessing from them. Honey, uh, so we're looking at what? What? Uh, pollination, you can grow crops there. It, I think in the vernacular, but, it, you know, you say, well, I'm not really into eating a lot of beef and drinking a lot of milk. I'm lactose intolerant, and uh, I don't really like vegetables, right? The, the idea is blessing, 
okay? Just think of blessing. Um, they had pasture lands. They had flocks. They grew. They had agriculture. And so these things would be very important to them. That would be, that would be how God blessed them. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. This is called the Shema. Hear. That's the word, Shema. Like Shmuel, Samuel, heard of the Lord. Uh, uh, Shimon, like in the New Testament, uh, you'd say Simon. Shimon is the Hebrew. It's the... Uh, her, uh, again, it's the same, you know, God hears uh, or heard of God. Um, hear, O Israel, the Shema. This is, to Jewish people say this twice a day, it's, it's, I think, their most important verse. Lord our God is one Lord. Now, I had a guy who was in a Trinitarian. He was trying to show me that God is not Trinitarian. God is just single God and this is the verse he used and I thought like this is that's the verse you want to use really what's the what's the Hebrew word for one I don't know that come around here and you try to tell me a verse and you don't even know what it says in the original well let me tell you and there's a lot more arrogant than I am now (laughs) I really was I said the word is echad and it's one compound one like, you know, and the two shall be one flesh. And you don't have to be arrogant, but you, should, you have to know that. It's not saying God is a, uh, a singular, uh, it's saying he's compound unity. And then it says, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Elohim, plural. You can render it gods. It's the exact same word when it talks about the gods of the nations. Uh, you won't get an A in English if you try to render this. Because it's, it's, it's switching between plural and singular, like even in the same sentence. The Lord our God is one. There's only one God. I, want you, I do want you to know that. But he's Trinitarian. He's triune in nature. His nature, I mean, is, is triune. And God's should give it away. And the Lord our God is one, ek, Echad, it means a compound unity. You, you know, you said that. You know, that team, they, were, they played as one. They were like, you know, you know, and we'll say something like, you know, we, uh, we, me and the, the, the board, we came to a decision. We're one on this. Or well, the best example I get, again, I think, you know, he took the two and he made them one flesh. Well, is it two or is it one? Well, if you're married, you know, you understand. It's, it's, we're one. We're one entity. There's two of us. I, and we can go in opposite directions. There's definitely two people in a marriage. And God's put it together in such a way that it's, it's one. Okay, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. We don't, we don't have, like, a multiplicity. We, we're, we're accused of being, you know, of worshiping God's plural. We don't. We have one God. And again, his being, his essence, his personhood is, is three persons. And now that we know about this God, what? Love him. With your heart, with your soul, with all your might. Um, Israel has this 
mezuzah. It's on, sometimes it's on the doorway as you go into your house on the right-hand side. Sometimes it's on every door of the house. A lot of people do that. And it's, it's kind of cylindrical and it's got a scroll in it and it's got this verse. Here, O Israel, Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. They consider it the most important verse. And as they go in, they go and they kiss the mezuzah as it were. And I think that's fine. I think that's good. Except when, like a lot of things that we do, it just becomes a ritual and becomes a habit. And there's no real life in it. But they get that from these, these passages which we're going through now. Love the Lord thy God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with all, with all thy might. Now, is that exhaustive, how you should love the Lord? Well, Jesus adds to that. He adds... Uh, Love the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. He adds mind. I think you can also add, love the Lord God with your whole body. How do you do that? Well, serve Him would be that. Do you love Him with your whole voice, singing His praise? I don't think it's exhaustive. I think in every way you can, love the Lord. That's, I don't think I'm adding to the Word by saying that. In every way you know how, in your whole, you are, we offer up our whole, all of us to the Lord. Here, here we are, Lord. Uh, and do you do that? Well, we all do to one degree or another, but I think we're all growing in that. I don't know that any of us have come to the place where I have so surrendered to the Lord, there's not one vestige of self left. There's not one part in me that doesn't worship God, that doesn't, isn't de devoted to God, doesn't love the Lord. I'm, I've, I've finally arrived. <laughs> if that's you, praise God, I, 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 I work at it. And I think I have it, and then there's something in my life that, you know, where uh, my intellect is insulted, my pride is, I, I thought I was done with pride. Well, you're never done with pride. I mean, you, you, you just aren't. But that's the, that's the bar God has set, and I think that's what we want to do. That's, you know, the lawyer comes to Jesus. What's the most important commandment? Love the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he's quoting this. And he adds to it, he borrows from Exodus, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second commandment. And if you get that, you get the vertical going right with love, and you get the horizontal going right with love, you're doing pretty good, Jesus says. Jesus seems to think so. And we, that's, that's our, our, our plan. That's, that's our portion. That's what we're aiming to do. Love God with a whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. I think heart in Scripture is mind. Is it a divorce of emotions? No. No. But I think we, it enters in here. We, we, You've got to figure this out. It shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. These words, what words? Uh, Hear, O Israel, Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. These words shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. What are we teaching diligently unto our children? The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You're going to teach them to your children. 
uh, or they won't get them. Uh, if you send your kids to public school, <laughs> they're not going to get this, okay? Uh, I, I don't know if that's a news flash to anyone. The uh, public school education is in a really bad way. And this, is, this would be illegal to teach children here in America in 2022. Uh, so you're going to have to do that. And you only have to do it like four times when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you get up. Uh, it's, kind of talk, it's kind of all incumbent. It's all the time is what it's saying there. When you sit in your house, well, that's a lovely thing at the dinner table. You know, I will talk about public school. Our kids are a product of public school, and I don't know that it did them so much damage, but that was a different age. Uh, this world, America, has never been a friend to grace, but they weren't out trying to steal their soul away from us as parents like they are now. And I think it's kind of obvious to anyone who's paying attention. If you don't know that, I think I can prove it to you pretty easily. I, I, don't, I don't know of anything that's more readily obvious than that. Um, teach them to your children when you sit in your house. You know, like, like, for instance, during dinner time, they're a captive audience. They want to eat. <laughs> You're going to listen to me ramble on a little bit. And we had that. You know, we used to listen to 6640, Chuck Missler's uh, radio program, uh, 99.5 out of Bangor. And I would be mad at her if she tried to serve dinner before we were done listening. And the kids liked that because he's, I don't know, Chuck had it going on. And we used to do that. And we'd sit and we'd talk about some of the things he taught. Because um, he was, you know, the Bible and physics, and he'd talk about the nature of reality, and he had us down on the subatomic level and out there in the universe, and it was always really fun stuff. And so we'd talk about that stuff, not uh, all the time, not all the time, but but enough that you know when stuff come up in in school, we had an opportunity to deprogram. We'd talk about those things when we sat in the house. Uh, uh, when we walked in the way, we didn't walk in the way all the time. We went on hikes, but usually in coming and going was by vehicle. And we'd have, you know, opportunity to listen to, to music. Sometimes uh, music that the kids got, you know, we got one of those, you know, you buy 11 CDs for a penny and then you're going to buy like whatever, how many over the next couple of years. We, had, we belong, you know, got that. And they bought all this, you know, Christian stuff. And we'd listen to it and we'd talk and We'd have fellowship, and when you lie down, when you rise up, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, um, you know, and I think that's kind of an important thing. Every opportunity to pour into your children these things because, guess what? They're not seeing it on TV or at the movies, certainly not in school. And if, you, if there's any chance, and listen, I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to say this, listen, Oh, God help me. I'm not trying to say this in a way that guilts anybody. The only reason we know about prodigals is because the greatest father of all had prodigals. Okay? And he talked to us about it in his sacred word. Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. And you think, you know, they uh, took one and taught him all these things and the other they didn't teach him at all. Right? Or Cain get in with a bad crowd. Uh, no. <laughs> well, it was the music that Cain listened to. Uh, swing and a miss. Wrong again. It was Cain's 
choice, his volition, his choice. I'll have God, but I'll have him my way. I'm going to do this my way. God's going to like the offering that I offer him. He's, you know what Cain is to me? He's, he's religion. I'll do the spiritual thing my way. And God says, I'll have none of it. I'll have none of it. And then, then we see who he, he was. Once his countenance fell, he was rebuked of the Lord. He, well, you know, like a lot of people, uh, they want to attack you because you're a standard bearer for righteousness. And listen, that's as old as Eden. Okay? One generation after Eden, that story's been going on. Um, so we've got to pour into our kids because they're not going to get it anywhere else. And by the way, if your kids are back in Sunday school, God bless you. But I hope you don't, you know, if you can send your kids to Christian school, God bless you. I hope you don't think that's all they need. We, we will supplement, we will help, but if they don't get it home, I don't think they're ever going to get it. Unless it's a supernatural act of God. We didn't get it at home, did we? Not really. Her mom was a godly woman, loved the Lord. Um, but we had religion at my house, somewhat. But we never had the things of the Lord. Certainly not this, like it's calling for us in verse 7. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. They shall be frontlets under the eyes. Some Jewish people took that right to heart, and they made these things called phylacteries, where they tie a box that had scriptures in it, and they tie, actually tie it to the hand. You see this at the Wailing Wall. You can look online. You can see this right now, even to this day. Or they have a band around here, and they have a box in it with Scripture. Great. I don't see anything wrong with that. But then, of course, there were those who said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And I'm, but my box is going to be a little bit bigger than my neighbor's because I'm a little bit holier, and I have more Scriptures in there. And Jesus rebuked that. If that's all it is about the show, the, the, look at how holy I am. God doesn't like that. Uh, we, we do that, that somewhat. Uh, some, some people get actually tattoos with Scripture and stuff like that. Uh, are you against that, Adam? Uh, not really, no. no I, I, I see, you know, the taboos on Scripture and uh, on t- tattoos in Scripture have to do with false worship and things of that nature. I, 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 I'd, I'd write it <laughs> with a felt-tip pen, let it <laughs> fade away after a while, or an ink pen, wash it off when I was done with it. I don't want to do anything quite that permanent. Some people say, no, I'm, I want everyone to know I'm for the Lord, and they put on, you know, Scripture verses or something like that. Uh, again, uh, look at, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. We definitely do that. Are you going to mezuzah at your house? No. Uh, if you walk into our house, there's going to be something like, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, you guys got that, right? You've been a Hobby Lobby, right? We all, we all have something like that. Or, or one of our treasured verses or something that calls us to holiness. You might have, uh, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. That might be hanging on your wall somewhere. Uh, I've seen it in people's houses. And so we do that. You know, we write, Sue's actually, she had, you know, these grapes and she stencil and she did some by hand. She wrote these like verses over it, like, you know, snippets of verses from Psalms and stuff like taste and see that the Lord is good and things like that. And she did it by hand. She's got quite a hand for, you know, doing things like that. She decorates a whole house that way and uh, has in the past and things like that. She buys these stencils and there are big letters on the, 
on the, you know, dining room wall and stuff. And I love it. I have no problem with that. One, I like the way she decorates. If it was me, it would be like, you know, cinder blocks and <laughs> for shelves, you know, cinder blocks and a, 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 a pine plank, you know, and put some knickknacks. I don't know. Or just because I never had a hand for any of that stuff. So my house looks like a woman lives there. And I kind of like that. And it's always nice. It's always, but, I, but it, it reminds me like it reminds everything else. We want the scripture around us all the time. We want that to be in a place we can see it. We can, we can it's, it's, it's right at, at hand. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. It's handy to us, I think is the idea. And thou shalt be as frontlets between thine eyes. I think it's like, you know, it's like a horse in a parade. They got them like side blinders so they just focused. I, I kind of look at it like that. I'm not sure if it means that or not, but it does. It means it to me in the sense like I, I don't want to be distracted by all this other junk and thought and ideas. I want to be narrow beam focus on the things of the Lord. And uh, I, I, we, we have written them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates and in the living room and all that. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, uh, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and shall be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Now, uh, so... We get a lot of blessings that we didn't earn. You say, wait a second, Adam, I've earned all my blessings from the sweat of my brow. I went to school, I applied myself, I work hard. Everything I own, I didn't steal. I got it and I got it. Well, okay, I, 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 I'll give you that. But who gave you the strength? Who gave you the ambition? Who gave you the wherewithal to go to school? Who, I don't have anything that God hasn't given me. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, I work, I work too, I know. I know about working, I know about working hard. But God's given me a back which can sustain. You know, he's given me a, a job. He's given me a bill. He's blessed me the way he's blessed me. He could just drop a truckload of money in my front yard, back it up and do it. He could do that. And I've said in the past, boy, wouldn't that make me a miserable person? God, grant me a million dollars. Here you go, Adam. Uh, oh, great. Now as I tear through it all and forget God and just go hog wild. He never wanted me to be that way or he could have done it if he wanted to do it. He wanted to bless me by working hard, by, you know, being diligent, not saying no to a lot of overtime and to, you know, and saving and spending wisely, giving money to him. He, he has a way, a, a way to bless. And this is all as we apply scripture in our life. He's and at the end, it's, it's, it's blessing. Um, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad he did it the way he's done it. But I, I got a lot of stuff. I inherited a lot of stuff that I didn't... <laughs> wells that you haven't digged. You know what wells are scripturally? Anyone? Think of like Isaiah chapter 12. In that day thou shalt say, Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord even Jehovah is my strength and my song. He is also 
become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. You remember when they came and they were by the well when Rebecca was coming and, uh, and the, t- the ten camels, those pictures of the commandments? Yeah, what'd they do? They, they were by the well. They knelt down by the well. I almost think it was an act of worship, the commandments, worshiping salvation, the wells of salvation. We can see all through Scripture. And by the way, you want to learn the language of Scripture so when it says something like wells, you think, ah, salvation. You, he, he, I'll give you wells that you haven't dug. Oh, I see. I get it. Uh, now, is he literally talking about literal wells that the children of Israel would inherit that they haven't dug? Of course he is. Is there sim- some symbology there? Well, if you ask me, yes. And that's why we're studying this book. Who cares about Israel 2,000 years ago? I mean, I, I, do, I do care in the sense like, you know, it establishes God's precedent. God is a God who promises and then delivers the goods. And Israel is our kinsmen, our, our friends, our, our God had a dealing with them. And I'm not one of those who thinks that the church has replaced Israel. But we learn a lot of God, uh, about God by his dealings with Israel. So I care, but if it's just a history lesson, I've said this before, who cares? 4,000 years ago, some dust, dusty, dry people got delivered from Egypt and came through the desert. And I don't care. Well... These are lessons, 1 Corinthians 10, remember? Uh, we learn that, you know, from, from, from God's dealings with the children of Israel, we learn a lot about him. So he says, you know, don't provoke him like they provoked him at Meribah. And don't, don't do this. And, don't, and you remember, and Scripture tells us that. And I, I started off a whole study in Deuteronomy with that. We won't go there now. I don't want to derail. And I'm looking at the time passing. But God gave us, he gives us all things. He'll give you everything. Didn't we just sing that? Everything, everything that's good for us, he gives us all things, what? Pertaining to life and godliness. What is he withheld? Things that aren't good for us, to be sure. Then beware. So he gives us all these things. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Has God brought you out of the land of Egypt? You, you have to remember that. Egypt, of course, being a type of the world, being brought out of Egypt, of course, is a t- typologically salvation. Red Sea experience, baptism. We're told this, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He's brought us out of Egypt, our Egypt. He brought us out of the house of bondage, our bondage. What, what, is he still in bondage? He doesn't want you to be. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Uh, we have to learn that first or last. We have to understand that. He's, he, he want, it's for freedom that he set us free. He wants us to be free. Free, no restrictions, no rules. No, that's not what freedom is. Free to serve him. And when we're in bondage to sin... We are not free to serve him. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, we talked about it already, and serve him, and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, of the gods of the people which are round about you. Of course, Israel did that. Of course, do we do that? Listen, our heart is an idol factory, and we constantly have to persevere. Again, I, ta- I said this, I sound like a broken record. I know, I know, we don't, Go to your, I'm, I, if I go to your house this afternoon, you won't be bowing down a little statuary. I understand that. 
But that doesn't mean we don't have an idol problem. I think all our sin problem traces back to what's the most important thing to us? Well, if it's the Lord our God, <laughs> guess what? We're going to do right. We're not going to be involved in sin and, and everything else. The flesh is the God that a lot of us worship. Don't go after other gods of the people which are around about you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. We've seen that, and we've seen that, and we've seen that. He says it very often. If he just said it one time, we'd almost say, yeah, okay. He says, I'm a jealous God. I understand. I understand. I so got that. I'm a jealous husband. When you love that fiercely, that, that, that intensely, anything that would steal your, your, your lover, your, your companion, your, 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 your other, anything that would steal that, you're very jealous. You're very guarded over that. Of course you are. Lord thy God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee uh, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in, in Massa. Very significant verse. It's the verse that Jesus used when he was being tested of the devil. Why don't you jump off the temple? It's only 200 feet or so down in the Kidron Valley. You're going to force God's hands. Angels are going to bear you up lest you should dash your foot against the stone. One, Satan using scripture is very instructive. Two, he misquotes it and he also misapplies it. And Jesus rightly divining the word of tr dividing the word of truth says, no, no, you don't, no. You don't put God to the test. And this is what he's quoting. Don't test the Lord your God as you, as you, Tempt there means to test, as you tested him in Massa. That's where they were uh, crying about water, and Moses was told to strike the rock the first time, not to speak to the rock, to strike the rock. The rock, which was Christ, was smitten and blessing. Salvation, actual life, flowed forth. And it was, a, it was a picture. Later on, when he's told to speak to the rock, and he struck it, what's that about? Well, if he spoke to the rock, that's a picture of his first coming and his second coming. The first time, he's smitten. The second time, when he sets up his kingdom, you know one of the aspects of the kingdom? You get prayer answered before you finish speaking it. All you have to do is speak to the rock. The rock is Christ. But smiting him the second time, it messed up the picture. It would have been a lovely picture that God was trying to communicate, and Moses... Oh, must we, must we fetch water for you rebels? You and he's all like hot and bothered, and he's all, Mo, what's your problem? God's saying, I, I'm not, I'm not upset with them. They want water. Give them water. Speak to the rock. It's, it's all good. And he instead he has this. He wigs out and he strikes the rock, and he misrepresents God. We have to be very careful. You have to be very careful about this one thing. We don't want to misrepresent God. You know what God is? He's, a, he's, he's up there in the sky. He's just waiting for you to mess up. And when you do, oh boy, he's just going to cloud up and rain all over you. He's so... Well, but don't you see how some people, uh, that's their God. That's who they are. Pastors do that. Uh, I want to warn you from sin. But I don't ever want to be 
telling you about a God who's just waiting for you to mess. He's not your loving Heavenly Father. He's, he's just severe, and he's rah, some ogre in the sky. I don't, I don't want to misrepresent him. He's not like that. If you're, if you're a dad and you're a good dad, you understand. Sometimes you have to go with your, your, your son or your daughter behind the woodshed and explain things a little more clearly. But Hebrews tells us that's love. God loves those who he disciplines. And we, we want to bless our children. We don't want them to act in such a way that we have to, you know, bring down the hammer sometimes. That's a euphemism, not a real hammer. You don't, okay, you guys get it. Um, don't tempt your God as you tempted him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and statutes which he had commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Again, verse 13, thou shalt fear the Lord. What does that look like? It looks like verse 18, thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. That it may be well with thee. Because I want to bless you. And I can't bless rebellion. I can't bless an evil heart. I can't bless. You know, if I, if I just, I don't care what God says. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then God pours out blessing on that and locks me into a behavior that is anti-God. You see how that would work. You know, um, we have a, a, a little kid in a store throwing a hissy fit. When he can't get his way. And mom or dad when they appease that, doesn't that lock that kid into a behavior that? Uh, I, I, I see it all the time and I think like, it's okay, you, you gave in to little Hitler's demands. When's he going to stop doing that? He's going to be 16. Oh, he won't throw himself on the floor anymore and kick and scream, but he'll, have, he'll, he'll know how to push your buttons to manipulate you. And I always say, you've got to teach a little kids no, or later on their parole officer will teach them no. You, you, you have to. And God, you know, he does that with us. Um, you've got to do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, thou may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And we're talking about possessing our possessions, inheriting our promised land. Can you do that in disobedience? I've got known sin in my life. I'm not going to repent. Lord, deliver me from this giant of lust or drugs or fear or... I, I think I've got I to gotta give God something to bless. I've got to do, do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord. And it will go well with me. And I'm going to possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to cast out all thy enemies from before thee. Remember, those enemies are giants in some cases. To cast out all thy enemies from before thee, as the Lord has spoken. And when thy son asked thee in time to come, saying, and by the way, they will. <laughs> you got kids, they ask everything. They're great. Uh, and when thy son or daughter asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then you shall say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us from thence that he might bring us in, to give unto the land which he swore unto our fathers. What do you share with your children? Everything you can. 
age appropriate. Tell them the story. I was, I was in bondage in Egypt. I was a slave to this world. I wasn't, I wasn't living a godly life. Do I get to go into and kind of tell them all the sordid, nasty stuff that I don't even like talking about now? No, but I have to tell them my, my story. I have to share with them. They have to understand that, what, what, what it is, why, what, why we're all about this. Uh, listen, let me tell you how the Lord rescued me. Uh, you wouldn't have a dad or you wouldn't have a good dad. You know how all the kids in your, your class, their, their parents all split up? I, I remember one time, two story, Mike came home from school. I think he's in the third or fourth grade. And his all face was in the mud and it was evident, you know, that he was all... And you, you remember this, babe? And I asked him, I said, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? And he said, you and mom going to get a divorce? This is the first I'm hearing about it, buddy. I don't, I don't think so. I love your mom. And he lightened up. He kind of like... Everyone in his class, everyone in his class parents were divorced. Everyone in a class of like 23 or 24 students, everyone was divorced except one other family, a family we knew. Everyone else was divorced. I got to tell them my story. No, I love you, mother. This is why I love her so much. God saved me from all the stuff, all the dreck, all the sordid, twisted. It's, this world has never been a friend of grace. We had the same TV shows that we had now it's only more so. I mean, they were, they're in your face how bold and how away from God they are. But we've always, we've always had that. And you've got to tell them your story. Listen, I was in Egypt like everybody's in Egypt. Let me tell you what the Lord did. Let me tell you why he's so awesome. Let me tell you why he's worthy of all you worship. And you go over that. You talk about the Pharaoh in your life and, and how he brought us out of these things, that he might bring us in. Because he wants to bless us. He, wants to, he, get, he swore. He, he promised. And God Loves, he delights in keeping his promise. The Lord commanded us to do all these things. You know why we have uh, prayer before we eat? We want to let God know that we care about us. You know why me and your mother pray? You know why we go to church on Sunday? You know why? Because the Lord commanded us to do these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. How many times in this chapter have you talked about our good, that he might bless us, that he might you know, promote our longevity? It's always for our good that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Would we be alive if we weren't serving the Lord? Uh, I don't know that. We wouldn't be married. Our, 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 our love for each other wouldn't be alive. I can tell you that for certain. You ask Sue, she'll tell you the same thing. We've, we figured this out long ago. You know why we're so happily, so crazy in love? Because God, because he's good, because he's blessed us. The kids need to hear this. They ain't going to hear it anywhere else. And we need to give the Lord a testimony too. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Last point, it shall be our righteousness. You don't go to heaven by being righteous. You go to heaven by being saved. Do you get blessed by being righteous? Yes. Yes. Will he give, us your, give you the promise that he has promised? Does he, does he take care of the og, the sihon in your life by you being obedient? Yeah. Susan and me, we had a situation even this week where, okay, now what do we do? 
You remember, my, I was telling you, my, giant, my life was discouragement. It's easy for me to get discouraged. And God challenged me and said, I don't understand it. I'm on the throne. I'm your God. Why would you ever be discouraged? And then we got a curveball, and I was like, oh, what do we do with this? And we were praying about it. And Okay, how am I supposed to behave in this sort of activity? And I could feel the discouragement welling up. Hey, listen, I'm the same as you. We're the same as you. Satan is trying to throw us off our game like he's trying to throw you off yours. He's, he's tempting us in ways to, don't trust God. God does not deliver. You, you ever feel that way? I do. What are we going to do? Redouble our efforts. We're going to trust in God. When is the time when we stop trusting him? <laughs> I, I don't, I, we, we never got there, have we? I'm going to keep trusting, we're going to keep praying, we're going to keep hope, and we're going to keep, keep hope alive. Uh, I believe that God will reverse whatever it is in your life, whatever it is in my life. Does he let these things happen to us so we might lean in on him in a big way? Yeah, I think so. It's called tasks. Life. We have satanic opposition. Again, he's, Satan's not ambivalent about our growth. He's not ambivalent about beating us up or, or getting us to not trust in God. Is that going to happen? Over oh, my dead body. My, my heart is, I love my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. I ain't turning back. These things are non-negotiable. Besides, where are we going to go? <laughs> who delivers like our God delivers? Who, 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 who wins the day like our God wins the day? Something to think about. Let's, let's, uh, let's stand and pray. And our sister's going to send us out of here in song. Father, if we don't love you with a whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, why not? And help us. Help us to grow in these things. I know, I know, none of us do it perfectly. We, we totally get that. But our heart is towards you, Lord. Make us willing. Uh, and, and bless us, Lord. Help us to keep your statutes, your commands. Your, Lord, you, you, you give us these things, your word, um, to, to bless us, Lord. To give us a, a, a template in where you can pour out your blessing upon us. We know you're our loving Heavenly Father. You don't withhold any good thing from us. And we understand Satan is a liar, and when he lies, he's only speaking his native tongue. But Lord, you never lie. Your word is, is always true. Help us to walk in it, Lord, all the time. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.